Hey friends, welcome to Naked in Truth, the podcast that's designed to open up your mind, to help you break down walls and barriers in your life that you might not even know exist yet. But don't worry, every wall that we break down together on this podcast allows you the opportunity to level up and create your impact. With that being said, I think it's time for us to get honest, vulnerable, and naked in truth. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Naked in Truth podcast. It is me, Sari D, and we are back again this week with a very special guest that has been on the podcast before. Guys, we have Tyler, the human behavior specialist, back with us again to teach us more life skills. So Ty, can you say hey to everybody and let us know how your day is going? Hello, guys. I'm so excited to be here once again. I was a blast last time. And yes, my day is going phenomenal. I can't wait to uh, be able to dive into this topic with you. So if you want to let them know what that is. Absolutely. So what I think is really funny is that this is a hot topic and you don't realize that it's as hot as it is until Ty starts letting us know the stats. So Ty, what we're going to be talking about today is cheating in a relationship and really understanding why this takes place. So I want you to go into the stats that you're kind of seeing as a professional and how quote unquote normal this is in society right now. So really taboo topic. And I think it's something that needs to be talked about basically because of Everything that we are taught that is taboo in culture, we tend to just pretend it's not there. But if we're not seeing things for what it really is, we just can't do anything about it, right? So we need to see it for what it is. And when we see it for what it is, we don't need to be as afraid of it. So what I've noticed, to come right out and say this, is that every single one of us right now knows somebody right now, as you guys are listening to this, and as we record this, who is currently cheating on their spouse. Now, most people are like, they hear that and they freak out. I've noticed that approximately 80%, so about eight out of 10 people I talk to are, they know someone consciously who's doing this. And some of them didn't know consciously, but then they found out a little bit later, oh my God. So it's approximately eight out of 10 people I talk to, very high number. A couple of reasons for this real quick, and then we'll obviously continuously go deeper into this. But one of the biggest challenges is that one, we just don't understand human needs. We don't understand how humans operate, not the way we think they should, but how they actually do. And then the second part is that the definition of cheating is ever expanding, like what it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago, or even a hundred years ago, if we want to go that far back, it's just way different than, than it is now. So it's not just sexual infidelity. It could literally be just hiding the fact that we're flirting with someone else. It could be anything, but some, we all know someone right now, as I'm speaking, who is doing this and they love the person that they're doing it behind their back. Okay. Well, you just brought up something very important at the end there that, you know, these people are doing it even with still loving the partner that they're with. And I think that that's a, a big misunderstanding is that they assume that somebody who is going to go and cheat in a relationship obviously cannot love their partner, right? So I want you to dive deeper into how a person can actually love somebody, but do something like that. One of my favorite questions in the world Um And the reason is because I've been so hungry to understand why people do what they do, mostly because it started with wanting to be out of pain myself. I wanted to understand why I or my partners at the time did what they did. Why did I feel that? I just wanted to understand because I figured if I can understand this, I can have influence. But if I don't get it, all I can do is judge and say, I don't want it to be this way. So when it comes down to it, and I'll go over them really quickly we have more needs than just love. Now, everyone knows this because we hear about it on TV and there's like fucking, you know, postcards and memes about, oh, you know, love isn't the only need we have, but it's really, it's really deep and it's really true. We have more needs than just love. And what I tell people all the time, whether it's a friend of mine who comes up to me or a client or whoever it is, I don't care if you're the one who is doing the cheating or you're the one who is being kind of cheated on. I like to tell people that, if the person who is going out and doing the actual physical cheating themselves or the, you know, the betrayal in whatever way that's showing up, yeah. if they did not love you, or if you're doing it, if you don't love the person that you're with, we wouldn't stay. 
And even if someone hears that and they feel triggered or offended by that, you really have to think about that. For what other reason would they stay with you? If they no longer love you, they would just go. They would just go. So if we look at this real quick so that we have time to fit a lot of juicy content into here, I don't want to take too much time on this. And if anyone wants to figure it out, they can come find me wherever. We'll talk about that later. There's six human needs. There isn't just one. And people will relate as I explain these just a little bit of the surface. We all have the need for certainty, right? Certainty that we can avoid pain and ideally have some kind of comfort or pleasure, right? Base survival. If we didn't think that the flow would hold us up right now, none of us would be listening. You and I wouldn't be recording. We need to be able to function. We need some certainty and security in our life. But if we felt secure all the time, we'd be bored out of our fucking skull. So God in her infinite wisdom gave us a second human need for uncertainty. We need variety. We need stimulation. We need change. We need the unknown to feel alive inside, to feel vibrant, to feel passion, right? We need that. Mm -hmm. The third human need is for significance, to feel important, special, unique, wanted, just We really need to feel like our life matters, right? To ourselves, to other people. We need to feel important. The next one is love and connection. Now it explains itself. And we just talked about that. So we're already at four needs. Okay. And love is only one of them. The last two that really make us feel fulfilled is growth. So we need to feel like we're growing physically, spiritually, emotionally in our relationships, our businesses. Just we need to feel like we're becoming more as a woman, as a man, whatever it is. And we grow so that we can meet our sixth need, which is contribution. We grow so that we have something more to give, you know, our spouse, our family, our community. So to summarize that, when I say that if your person cheats and they're staying with you, it's not because they don't love you. There's other needs that we're not fulfilling in them. And I know that is one of the most like, like, triggering things to say, but we really have to be mature enough to look at this and say, okay, let's pretend for a second. I'm not giving my all. Let's pretend I wasn't. What need, like what emotional need out of these six could they have been missing? Sure. We, they know that I love them, but did I feel like, was I lighting them up with excitement the way I used to? Was I making them feel seen, heard and understood like that significance that I make them feel like what, what was it that was missing? And whenever people cheat, I see it so regularly nowadays. It's almost like I can't not see it. It's brutal to see that people are so stuck in blame. Like, oh, he or she must have not loved me. Or if they're talking to a friend, he or she must have not loved you. They're an asshole. They're a bitch. They're a slut. They're a narcissist. Whatever they're calling them. That's just us being afraid of where we might have fallen short. Can I play devil's advocate here? Please do. Okay. So what about the person? who maybe doesn't actually fully love that person because they don't love themselves. What if they are the kind of person who's potentially staying because they're scared to be alone? What if they're the kind of person that's staying because they enjoy the adrenaline and they're scared of commitment? You know, like if if the person's cheating, you mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's what I'm thinking is that I think that there are situations where a person might not love the person that they're with, but the reason why they aren't fully loving the person that they're with is because they're not loving themselves and they're showing that in the actions um, that they're taking overall. Right. I love that you asked me this because I've seen this so many times and I'd like to just like ninja revert that right back to you. So maybe sure. They're not staying for love, but let's say you and Sarah, me and Sarah, right. You and I just yep. everyone listening. So they have context. Let's say me and Sarah are together and I don't love myself. So I'm staying here in this relationship. Then it's not love. I'm staying for it's certainty. Mm-hmm. I'm at least certain. And I see the look on your face for anyone who didn't see that. Um, it's not always love. It's usually what it is. But there are some cases where people just stay because they're certain that this person makes them feel significant. Yeah. But there's not a whole, like, I'm, let's get, let's yeah, go yeah. real quick. Okay. When I look at abusive relationships, and I know a lot of women right now are like, oh, my ears are perked. If we look at abusive relationships, they don't often feel loved, but they do feel certain that there's, they, I guess I'm a little bit significant. At least they're paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm worthy of, you know, great love, but at least I'm certain that's one of the needs. I'm certain. It's that, that I might be bit of security. I have yeah, a, a little bit of security. That's what certainty is. And I guess I must be significant to at least, I, I must be significant at least to being beaten or be verbally like I'm, I'm getting some attention. So I'm, yeah. I'm significant enough. So that I love that you brought that up because some people might be in that position and we have to understand 
if we're staying, there's some needs that are being met. And I actually love that you brought that up because let's pretend again, let's pretend I'm in a position where I really don't think much of myself. I'm in that really down dark place. Mm-hmm. And let's say you pretend Sarah for a moment. Let's say you're verbally abusive or however you are. So I'm certain I'm at least significant enough for you. Cause like, I'm, you know, I'm getting the attention or whatever, but I don't feel loved. And this other person, nice connection maybe not love but they're giving me some nice connection maybe a little bit of love and there's some excitement there yeah a little so now we're still meeting those needs split up but no matter what pattern it is if you really dive into this and look at it from a non-judgmental point of view like objectively you're going to see these six needs are split every single time yeah absolutely okay so now um with with you seeing this so often Um, Are you finding that people are um, realizing what they're doing before they're getting into it? Or what, what are you really recognizing as, as it's starting to progress for these people? Like, is it just starting out as nothing? Cause you had mentioned, you kind of like lightly touched on that. It's not necessarily just having sex with somebody. So like, what does this look like for people? So that it's really interesting that you brought that up because I see so many memes and stuff on Facebook and social media that say like, uh, I try to remember exactly what they would say. You can probably help me because I'm sure you've seen this before, but it's like, you know, cheating doesn't start with sex. It starts with um, like a lack of communication or no, it starts with, no, that's what it is. It doesn't start with sex. It starts with secretive uh, communi- uh, like conversation. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I comment on every one of these that I see because we're not understanding. I don't get in arguments. I just put my two cents and move on because it's going to blow up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell people, I'm like, it's not, it doesn't start with secret of communications. Let's pretend again, you and I, Sarah and Tyler, we're together. Yeah. Does it, does it start with me talking to someone else on the side or does it start with an emotional need that's not being met within me that makes me want to go seek it in other conversation? It's not the conversation. It's not the sex. It's I'm not, there's something I'm not feeling. I'm not certain I'm significant enough to you. I'm not certain there's enough. Like, so it's still, it's always an emotion that makes us act. So to get straight to your question, I wanted to give that context. Yeah. What I notice is what I notice in any kind of therapy or coaching work that I do. We know what we're doing, but the mind, not ourselves, not Sarah, not Tyler, not whoever's listening, not your boyfriend or girlfriend, whoever's doing this, the mind, the 2 million year old brain, it doesn't like to feel pain. So like what do justifying. we do? Exactly. And it, this doesn't make the person an asshole. This is human nature. If I know that I'm going against my own values of truth, of loyalty, of honesty, of all these things to do something stupid, My brain, to maintain its own certainty that I'm still the person, the man, the woman that I believe I am, that identity, which is a base sense of certainty, to maintain that, I can't willingly go, oh, I'm just going to go over here and screw screw with someone else, whether it's uh, physically, emotionally, or even just a secret conversation. I'm not going to go, oh, I'm doing this, and I'm fully, no, I'm a bad person. It's like, no, no, no. Our conscious is way more complex than that. So I'm going to go, well, you know it's okay because X, Y, Z, even though we know that's bullshit, we rationalize to ourselves that it doesn't make us some labeled disease. We're humans dying to meet our needs. And most of us don't know how to bring up um, what's missing in our relationship because we're afraid that they're not going to make us feel understood. Mm-hmm. So, well, and that's we the rat- thing is I think that so many people as well, like, cause you had said that some people go seeking for it when they feel like that need isn't met, but I bet that there's also people too, who, just end up coming across it without even looking for it. That when that, that need is missing, all of a sudden it's like, poof, a person's there and seems, you know what I mean? And it just carries Uh, from there. Right. And I want to give an example of that too, because I won't even lie. Like I I believe that leaders go first. So I'll say this, I'll say this. I've been on all three sides of cheating. What do I mean by that? I've been the person who cheated. I've been the person cheated on. And I've been the person who is like, what do you call it? In the relationship. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I can't think of it either right now. Yeah. The, I don't know the, the mistress, Mistress, the the mister. Yeah. (laughs) I've been the mister, (laughs) but I, so I have, it's a great label. (laughs) I've been on all three and I'm not proud of it, but it is true. And since I've been on all three, I have to say that like, it's interesting when you're, and there's no justification, just so we know everyone, you know, we're not justifying any behavior. No. We're just exploring, understanding it. You'll notice like 
sometimes we don't even realize that things are bad in our relationship and say we're at work or we're at the gym or wherever we are in life. That's not beside our partner in that very moment. Maybe we're on social media right beside them. Who knows? But we're somewhere and we're interacting. And suddenly we have this like, Ooh, this energy exchange. And then for some reason, after that conversation or that slight proximity with that person, it goes away. We're like, why am I thinking about them right now? Why do I want them to show up and say, if I'm a, I don't know, a cashier at work, why do I want them to walk in right now? Why do I want to hope they text? Like, why do I, it's because you're starting to, by accident, meet your needs over there. It's not always conscious. We're not always consciously aware, but, and I know some people are like, who the fuck is this Tyler guy making excuses? I'm not, this is such human nature. And sometimes we get caught up on it and we're like, fuck, I don't want to feel this way for them, but I do now. Shit. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that, you know, you can't, you can't control how you feel, but you got to figure out how to deal with it. And that's what we're essentially like teaching you is that people don't just think these things just to be a shitty person. Like, you know, unfortunately we're wired in weird ways and, you know, the mind can do crazy things to a person, especially when, like he's saying, one of these six needs aren't being met. Yeah. And I got it. I want to give an example that everyone can relate to. It's an analogy. Some people, because I've heard some people say, well, Tyler, I would never cheat. I would find new ways to meet my needs, either like, you know, through whatever that is actually socially acceptable, or I break up with them. And I'm like, that's great. Like, I hope you would. However, this is what I like to tell people. I'm like, how many of you, and you guys can think about it as you're listening to the podcast, like how many of you would consider yourself an honest person? Like Sarah, would you consider yourself an honest person? For sure. For the most part. And and see, whenever I say that, yeah, exactly. Whenever I say this, people are like, I know where we're going with this, but most people would say, of course, I'm an honest person. But then I ask, okay, but have you ever lied before? And they go, well, (laughs) and then they justify it right away. They're like, well, I'm like, no, no, no. The question is yes or no. Have you? And they go, well, yeah. And I say, well, why? I'm not making you wrong, but let's understand it. I say, and I tell them, I say, because in that moment that you lie, I don't care if it's Hopefully there's no kids listening to this, but if there is, then I just ruined your whole fucking childhood. But if it's like, if we, whether we're telling our kids that there's no Santa, sorry, kids, or whether we're saying, oh no, I was at a buddy's house last night. I wasn't sleeping with someone else as bad or little as it is. The only reason you lied in that moment is because you felt like if I told Sarah the truth right now, she's going to be, she's going to pull love away from me. She's going to make me feel like I'm like shit on the bottom of a shoe, meaning these needs are going to be threatened. So we put our values of honesty, of loyalty, of commitment. We put all our values on the shelf Mm -hmm. and we violate our values to meet the most fundamental needs. This is why when I talk to people in my coaching sessions, the first session I bring up these six needs and every session after, I don't care if we're onto a new subject, I bring them up because we have to understand these. Mm-hmm. I won't lie. Anytime I get into a relationship now, like I tell the person that I go on a date with, I'm like, by the way, and it's, it's somehow it comes up in conversation. Yeah, sure. Just so you know, my own psychology, if we ever break up, it won't be because you cheated on me. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, we might break up, but if it was because like, if you cheated, that will be the reason. It's like, what do you mean? Well, let's say you cheat on me. And we break up. I'm not doing it because you did that. I'm doing it because we sat down and we had a conversation Mm -hmm. and we figured out that we were no longer aligned. Yeah. But I see cheating, like physical cheating and stuff in the same way that I see. um, Actually, let's let's segue this into something else. I know you want to ask the questions, but this is a good segue. This is perfect. I'm here for it. So there's a good segue into this. I want to understand human behavior at the core, right? No judgment, just I want to understand so I can influence. And one of the things I wanted to figure out was, okay, I've never physically cheated. I just, I'd never, I'd never went there, but I have like flirted and I've done that kind of thing before. And I'm like, oh, if that like hurt, why would I do that, et cetera. So when I searched into myself and I found some answers and then I searched, I asked other people, I was like, guys, I'm not judging you for that behavior. I, I want to understand what was going on in you. You will always hear, and this is not a justification, but just to understand, you'll always hear them say, well, like they're fucking, the kids are more important to me or their parents or their friends or their hobby, their work, like something, they will always feel like something in the person who did not cheat. They're like the loyal person. They'll always say, I felt like I was second, third, fourth. Like I didn't matter to them. Mm -hmm. That's not a justification. But my point is the person who cheats also feels betrayed on some level. That's yeah. And no one likes to admit that, but it, there's neglect somewhere. Yeah. Right. 
No, absolutely. Wow. Like that, that makes perfect sense. And so now you bringing up that you are, um, okay. So that's kind of a complex question. So you had said that you pretty much have just cheated through words more so than physical actions. And with that being said, do you notice that there's correlating traits with each level of cheating as to what that person is looking for? Like, do you feel like somebody who like specifically who is looking for words might be a person who has a love language of affirmations and really likes that validation and attention. You know what I mean? Like, like it's like, do you understand what I'm trying to ask by that? And if it's okay. And I think that, I think that's actually a great question because I've never heard that asked before and I love it. So I haven't found that to be a pattern. What I have found is that whatever level of like, for lack of a better term, shit we're feeling (laughs) on a scale of like one to holy crap, horrible one being like, yeah, I kind of feel crappy. 10 being like, I feel just atrocious, whatever level of intensity it is. We tend to go to literally anything we can as quick as we can. That'll give us that need met as fast as we can. So for example, I'll give you an example to make it more concrete. Um, And by the way, guys, just so we're clear, I'm not an asshole and I've learned my lessons. I've just been clear. It's the easiest way to give examples without throwing anyone I know or my clients under the bus. You know what? To be honest with you, I'm sure that a lot of people would be like, I'm like, they don't even consider like everybody has like a different standard of, I guess, what they consider cheating. Right. And I feel like half the people listening to this are probably like, no big fucking deal. Woo. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's the thing is like people's standards and, um, like conscience are just different on what oh, feels yeah. okay for them. So like, you know, like when you're like, I just use my words, I was like, you're really not a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you yeah. don't get me wrong. Like, it's not like I'm, but I'm like, you know, it could have been a lot worse when you're saying I've been on all three sides. So at the end of the day, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, no, it's totally like, true. okay. So don't, so don't be too hard on yourself. We're loving the examples is what I was yeah. trying to <laughs> No, I was, I was going to say, I'm really throwing myself under the bus with this next one, but no, I totally get what you mean. Um, So let's say I feel completely neglected by my person at like a level, holy crap, like they're being horrible to me. Let's say it's really bad. I could, if I send one text to a woman or to someone, whoever, and in my body, we have to understand these, these emotions, our emotions are neurological, right? When they're feeling in our body, they're not rational. They're not not logical. If I send a, a text to someone I work with, but I'm dating Sarah and she's making me feel all these ways. And I'm like, Oh, I feel like shit. If I feel horrible, it doesn't matter if I send this woman a text who I know is super taboo to talk to, or if I go watch porn, or if I go physically cheat and have like a gangbang, like it doesn't matter what it is I do. My brain is going to search for the fastest, easy way to just be lit up in the moment, whatever I'm looking for. Maybe I'm just looking to feel understood. So maybe I'll text an old friend that I used to be with a long time ago and be like, Hey, how are you? Et cetera. And they might be like, Hey, what's going on? Maybe that right there is all I needed. Yeah. Maybe I needed the rush. Maybe I needed the rush of um, doing something not taboo necessarily, but I needed the rush of excitement and maybe doing something just even a little taboo didn't was everything I needed in that moment. Yeah. 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 Right. And I do want to like put the cap on the bottle with this thought too. Let's say I feel like horrible shit. I feel like I don't mean anything to the woman I'm with right now. I go send a text to someone who is crossing line and I feel that tabooness in my body. Just, I feel lit up. Right. Yeah. The need is now met just for a second. And what do you think? I'm sure everyone can relate to this at some extent. What do you think happens? This is a real question. The second I send that text and I feel that rush of, Oh my God, that was so bad. That was so taboo. Oh my God. The second I feel that, and that need is now met, even just for a second, what feelings do you think start to go through my body? Adrenaline? Well, that. But (laughs) after that comes, it's a G word that a lot of women are familiar with. Oh, it's too late in the day for this one for (laughs) me. Sorry, buddy. It would be guilt. Guilt. Okay. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Because we're like, yeah, we value commitment and loyalty and all these beautiful things. But in the moment I feel completely say, I feel insignificant. So after that rush, you're going yes, the, down again. Feel, yes, you totally got it. So I feel completely insignificant and there's no variety, no like excitement, or, like, right? Our relationship is dead in that sense. I send a text to whoever the bum fuck it is. I send yeah. a text 
The second they reply and we've now engaged in a conversation or fuck it, maybe I even just texted them and it wasn't yeah. okay. The second I feel, or yeah, they respond. So I now feel significant and I now feel like that variety, that adrenaline rush. The second those needs are met, immediate guilt because your values kick back in and you go, fuck, this isn't who the fuck I am. I am shit. What am I doing? And so you go, shit, 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 shit. And then you feel bad and you beat yourself up and then your partner comes home and you can't tell them. And so you're like, well, how the fuck do I do this now? I'm beating myself up, but they're still not making you feel uh, significant. There's still, those needs still aren't being met. So what do you do the next time you have an opportunity? Your brain goes, well, ah, it's okay. And it rationalizes again. So you do it again and then you feel guilty again and they beat yourself up more. So it's not as cut and dry as, oh, they're an asshole. They don't love me. Yeah. Right. It's so yeah. much more than that. And I'm not supporting any of it, but we got to just understand it. Well, and I guess like, that's the biggest thing is that we are bringing up this topic to understand the human mind. And that's why he's going to, that's why he's the human behavior specialist guys. So like at the end of the day, he's going to be on here for many more teaching us different things like this. And so they're not, it's not that we're always justifying what we're talking about, but we want you to understand, understand it because if eight out of 10 people are cheating right now, then you better sure as shit hope that you guys can work through your stuff or that's a lot of broken relationships promise for our future. And I guess that's kind of what I want to swing into is like, what are the stats looking like for recovery on these kind of things? Are people, are people bringing, okay, actually let's start here. Are people bringing it up to their partner or are people getting caught from their partner or are people not saying anything at all? Very interesting um, question. And I want to start with a slightly different answer and segue right into that because we need context. So first of all, I don't think many couples are bringing any of this shit up ever, but there's a reason. What I've noticed in the last like 20 years of studying now, I know I was six years old, 20 years ago, but I mean, studying history and I I've interviewed like fuck loads of people. Cause I was so fascinated by this and I still do interview people. So that's what I mean. I didn't start at six is I noticed that Let's say this woman in history, she loves with all of her heart. She's loving with all of her heart. The man is loving with all of his heart. She gets heartbroken because he cheated. The next, she has now beliefs about men or about love or about something to do with relationship. That woman, it could be a man too, just so we're clear. I'm just using this example. That woman now goes to the next relationship, but she's already having some trust issues. So now she's closed off with her radiance and stuff. And this could be the other example too. Fuck up every relationship after that. I used to be that person too for a while. Right. And so now we're like, oh, because it's this man and the next man did it. The next man did it. They're all fucking assholes. So that reinforces our belief that keeps us closed. But that, that closed off is making it so that you're never making them feel significant. And now lack of trust. Yeah. Yeah. So you actually almost push them to cheating, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I get my heart broken. I decide I'm going to close off because that was so painful. I get it. Not that it's going to help you, but I get it. So you close off, you deprive the next man of their needs or or let's fucking flip it for a second. We got to deprive the next woman of their needs. I have a friend, not going to say his name. He's in this moment where he's like, women are all cheaters. And I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> no, they're not. But he's in this headspace. He's in this yeah. mindset. So man or woman, we deprive them of their needs. They fill up somewhere else. We think they're an asshole or a slut. We are the culprit. We're the common denominator now. So in terms of, you're going to have to remind me of the specific question, but you said something to do with our people bringing this up to their partner. What was the question? Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, what are you seeing? Are they bringing it up to their partner? Are they getting caught or are they keeping it under the covers? Right. So most are keeping it under the covers because they think they rationalize, well, oh, that was the one time I felt super guilty. I learned my lesson. But what they're not seeing is they're not being aware of their own pattern, which is, oh, but the next time I feel insignificant. And you lose one of those six traits. Yeah. yeah, the next time I feel that one of those six needs are 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 being met, I found an easy way to do it. So mm-hmm. if it happens again, I I can just fill up real quick over here. They're not seeing the pattern. So most people are keeping it under the rug and they're hoping and assuming eventually it'll get better, but they're not putting the work into their relationship to make sure it does happen, like yeah. to make sure it does get stronger. And I do also want to say too, is like a lot of people have a mindset or a set of beliefs in their mind that says, okay, well, if I only talk and I only flirt very mildly, it doesn't mean anything. So I don't need to bring that up to them. Yeah, yeah. The justification of it's not that high of a level. Just like I said, you're texting, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So it's one thing if it's like, oh, well, I've heard people say like, if you had time to cheat, you had time to think. Yeah, no shit they had time to think. They had time to think about <laughs> they feel like shit and they're doing something to feel good for the moment. Like no yeah, shit yeah. you had time to think. Yeah. So you go do this and then, yeah, it becomes a cyclical thing. Now, most people, I won't lie, most people who have a full-fledged physical affair, emotional, I've seen it. I've worked with some couples to the point where um, there was a woman and I've had a man, so different, different relationships, different um, cases, but these people literally had double lives. And I'm like, that is a level of stress that no human can like get through the day with. Like you are tearing yourself. How do you keep that under the rug? So this is where, and I know we're going down a rabbit hole, but this is where you literally start seeing people split personalities because they can't even handle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They start splitting because they're like, I, they're, they're not being their true self, right? Yeah, so their basic it, sense of certainty of I identify as Tyler Charlebois, the blah blah blah. Like I identify as this, and I'm doing something I thought I'd never do, and now it's getting to the point where I have kids with some like they don't know about each other. Oh my god, you split personalities. Holy, it's, no doubt, yeah. absolutely. It's crazy. So all of this is an attempt to meet our needs. At first, we're like, oh, I'll go screw around with this other man or this other woman to feel a little alive inside. Yeah. Accidentally get them pregnant, which is, that would be, I, I'm so glad that's not me. That would, <laughs> fuck. Anyway, they go, this happens. Now, what are they, the person doesn't even know this other person is in their life. How do they justify, oh, by the way, babe, I accidentally started a family over here that one time you made me feel insignificant. How do you explain that? Yeah, no, absolutely. So now you're down a rabbit hole. You can't even get, you can't even get yourself out. The thing is like, you start digging a hole like that and it's really hard to know when to get out. Right. Or, or how, even if you would, yeah, that's exactly it. And so I want to know, like, what kind of advice do you give to couples to be able to get through something like this? Um, you know, if it has been brought up in the relationship, I'm going to get you to give different advice like this. Okay. I got a few. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to start with the advice of that double life. Cause that would be 17 seminars. That yeah, no, not that different. one. Not that one, <laughs> but just a regular, like, let's just say yeah. somebody was at work, uh, and they felt like they were being flirty with a coworker and they felt guilty and they wanted to tell their partner and they told their partner and now the partner's like pissed off or whatever, you know, not really understanding. What would you say to both of them if they were in front of you? So before the person's pissed off, I want to start just prior to that. What I think we need to do if we catch ourselves crossing a line that we're not proud of and we want to keep that tight trust in our relationship and keep building, I think the first principle that we all need to understand is number one, there is no relationship that's going to get stronger without some turmoil. It doesn't happen. Like the only way you get stronger at a gym is to lift what you're uncomfortable. You have to go through. You have to have resistance. You literally do. There's no other way. Like people don't have beautiful relationships the whole time with no hurts and get stronger. Like, so my first piece of like the the mindset is this sounds fucked up, but you need times like this. You're not going to avoid. Oh, real quick. That's what I'm glad I said that I'll come right back. When I said also eight to 10 people are affected and are know somebody right now, it's not, maybe it's not happening yet, but sometime in their life, it's going to. So yeah. we're affected overall in our lifetimes, eight out of 10, not okay. no matter what you're doing all around the clock. I wanted to make that clear. Okay. Um, so going back to that, we need to know that we're going to have hurts like this in relationship in order to go deeper. Yeah. That's number one. Okay. Number two, before let's assume your person doesn't know yet. You're not, you didn't piss them off yet. Yeah. You need to know how to bring it up to them. Yeah. It's got to be a from the that was going to be my next question was was if, if somebody is wanting to bring this up to their partner, what would you say to them? So here's the advice. <laughs> yeah, here's the advice. And I know this is where the true most true value comes in. So no one likes to do this. And this is what you have to do. You don't have much of a fucking choice. Either one, hire someone, which doesn't matter if you do or not. It doesn't matter. And I'll explain why in a moment. But the conversation in essence have to, has to look like the conversation part of me has to look like with your spouse, you pre-framing them by wanting to sit them down. Like none of this text, none of this call, like telephone bullshit that like, no, no, no. Get out of the 2022 mindset, go back some few years, sit them down. And before a word comes out of your mouth about what you did or what you, maybe it was just a thought. Maybe it was just like, whatever the line was you crossed in your own mind, it's got to be a like, I love you and I want to make sure this is a safe space. Like you gotta, you gotta set that. And to the point where they're like, okay, babe, like I'm here for you no matter what. And you set your intention. So basically, look, you did nothing wrong or, you know, I did this, whatever, like just t- start to take 
the blame and pressure off of them and say, I want you to know that X, Y, Z happened today. Yes. Whatever it was X, Y, X, Y, Z thing happened at this time. And there's going to be emotions no matter what, but we got to remember, even if that person is angry, whatever, whatever emotions come up, they're only hurting. Yeah. Right. So we need to, we need, this is where like our emotional and spiritual like strength comes in. Cause when we go through this kind of trauma, like both people are going through trauma at this moment, not just the person who's cheating on, we both have to stay in that moment. And the person, if you're the one who did it, you have to be able to get your feelings out. And then whatever this person has to say, if they have questions, if they have comments, whatever it is, you don't necessarily have to answer them, but you have to let them get all of their stuff out. Mm-hmm. I know um, when I've uh, coached some people, the person on the receiving end, they just want to talk and talk. And then the second that they start to like give their feedback, the person who committed the act will be like, I know, but like, I really am. So I'm like, no, no, no. You need to let them talk now because they're, they're at such a level of inner conflict, not understanding that this happened. Mm-hmm. You need to let them get some of that emotional, like, oh my God, out of there. Yeah. Just, just hear them. You don't need to. Don't need to beat yourself up more than you're already doing. Just listen. And once people's nervous system needs to calm down a little bit, Mm -hmm. this is where it's about learning what these six needs are and really understanding like, where did both people, not just one, where did both people fall? uh, What's the word? uh, Like fall short. I love that. Honestly, like you talk to some of the most successful people and they say to take responsibility, even when it's not your problem. Right. And that's how you will get through everything in life by a, a happy life, I guess you could say is by, by taking a level of responsibility for things. And, you know, I, it, if, it, when you just like look at Newton's law and, you know, everything, every motion has an equal and opposite reaction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, when you look at something like that, like there's always got to be two forces is what I believe. And so uh, that's why you need to, no matter what happens in your life, find that level of responsibility, but more than anything, you know, I, it's, it's the, that level of understanding that we need to have as humans that, you know, it's really hard being a human. And a lot of the time we're not set up the best for success with what they teach us in school for how to develop our emotional regulation, how to love ourselves, how to love other people properly, you know, and then there's so much pressure that goes on. And now with technology added into everything um, and the instant gratification behind it, it, it's, scary. Right. And I guess like, that's what I want to touch on next is, is the technology side and really how much you're seeing this emphasize, um, this, this cheating in and of itself. So there's, there's a lot of interesting directions I want to go with that. And just to add a comment and real quick before I get to that, and it segues into it anyway, is today I was listening on a call, um, from my two trainers, which is Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonna's one's a psychotherapist that specializes in relationship and family therapy. And the other one, I'm sure everyone listening knows who Tony Robbins is. So I was listening to a call and they were, they were talking to each other, but all their students and me being one of them, um, we were listening, pardon me, we're listening. And Tony was saying something he's 62 and she's 75. So they're from a generation where it's like, suck it up, buttercup, take responsibility, throw dirt on it and go forward. And if I'm being honest, I'm, my psychology is mixed between that and like, okay, let's be a little later than just booking, walk it off. Mm -hmm. But I do have some of that in me, which is like, take responsibility. Mm -hmm. The reason I bring this up is because Tony was saying how he was in a seminar one time and a woman stood up when Tony was giving um, just, I don't know, he was giving one of his lectures and the woman stood up and said, you don't care about women. You're not, and just went off. And the reason I bring this up is because they, Chloe and Tony were talking about how nowadays, and this is going to the social media part, nowadays, people are quote unquote triggered by everything. Yeah. It used to be sticks and stones may break, break my break, may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Yeah. And now it's like, no, 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 everything will hurt me. Yeah. So mixing that level of shitty mindset and psychology with the fact that we now have this landscape of this, uh, this era called social media. And I don't think it's actually made anything worse. I think it's made what we were already, pardon me. I think it's made what we were already going to do. It made it more accessible. Mm. So for example, 
if I want to go buy something, I don't need to wait like a few days for it to be shipped. I don't need to wait until it's on sale a certain day. I don't need to go drive somewhere to get it. I just go on Amazon, like literally on during this conversation, I could go buy a trampoline mm-hmm. and it can literally be shipped tomorrow. Like anything yeah. you want. So we have a mindset that says, I want immediate gratification mixed with everything is so accessible and hideable mixed with everything is about me, 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 me. For example, the second you don't make me feel as significant or important, we're like, well, screw you. I'm going to go do this yeah. because it's all about me nowadays. Yeah. That's just the way that we've kind of been conditioned. You know, uh, they said anywhere from 1995 and up. And I'm like, well, I was born in 1995. I don't want to include myself with that. But um but basically like 90, 1995 to 2000, like anyone who was kind of born in around that time, yeah. they were generalizing and saying that the way we were raised with technology and everything is so accessible that we've kind of gotten weak in our emotional capacity to have deep conversations and be able to like, okay, take responsibility for how we're feeling. Yeah. Right. And so now it's like what we were talking about before. Um, Most people don't realize this is our second time recording this because last time fucked up. (laughs) But as we were talking about before is like before there was no social media, but now it's like, oh, I'm not feeling significant. Well, while I'm at work, let me download Tinder just to get a quick fix of like talking to someone. And I can I can delete the app. I can ghost them. I don't even know who they are. So I can just delete that app. Pretend it never happened. I felt significant for a moment. Like we can do these in ways that just, it makes it so much more complex. Yeah. Yeah. Because the only other way that you used to be able to do it is like, you're sending letter mail. You're, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're or it's like we all knew. person. Yeah. How, yeah. That's hard. That's harder to hide than fucking. Or just you look at party that. lines back in the day of living on an acreage and all your neighbors could go on your phone line and listen. Like good old days, guys, good old days. We have no idea what, <laughs> what life used to be like. It's crazy. So no, that's, that's fair. So then now I guess to kind of wrap this up a little bit, I want to know, you know, where do you kind of see the future of cheating? <laughs> that's an interesting question. I like it though. <laughs> so first of all, I'm going to be employed in my business for the rest of my life. If that gives you any certainty yeah. in that question. And that's what I was um, wondering. Well, and I mean that like in a good way and a bad way, egotistically, because I want to have a career and I love doing what I do. Obviously, it's a good thing. But it was more of a joke in the sense where like, I I only predict this getting worse, at least for the short, like, I can't tell what's going to happen 20, 30, 40, 50 years. But in the next several years, I don't see this getting any better just yet, because we are now at the point where we are so glued to technology Mm -hmm. and everyone is... Again, it's about me, 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 me. And so when things are so accessible and we take no responsibility for how we feel or pardon me, and no responsibility for how our partner feels, which by the way, anyone listening right now, including me and Sarah, we have to take a hundred percent responsibility for what we are contributing to our person's emotions. Mm -hmm. Like we are triggering them to feel good. We're triggering them to feel bad. Like the triggers are in ourselves, Mm -hmm. but we're poking the buttons. Anyway, moving on. I see it not getting better for quite some time. And this is why I think it's really important for each individual to get into personal development. Like look at yourself and just see where can I improve? Because when two people who are focused on themselves and have access to technology, they can post a booty pic on Instagram and get a million likes. The second that they're feeling down, they can make an OnlyFans. They can go watch porn. They can, whatever their flavor of whatever the fuck it is to get their fill, whatever their way is, we can do this so fast. I want to know what that thought was. I'm curious. Oh, (laughs) no, that was my lip gloss. (laughs) Okay. I was like, I thought I was holding that back. Okay. So I see it being like, it's not going to get better uh, very quickly. And I really hope that people start to take responsibility and just seeing like, what part am I playing in this? Because we don't seem to have any emotional capacity anymore to look at what we're like, take responsibility for what's happening in your relationship. And I think until we start to actually see that cheating is a two-way street. Yes, everyone who just heard that, you heard it right. It is a two-way street. And the easiest way to understand that is that someone can't cheat if they're not in a relationship, (laughs) which means it's a two-way street. Like there's two people involved to make cheating happen. If we don't look and say, what am I doing 
that makes my partner feel neglected to want to reach out and do something stupid without going, they're a fucking narcissist. They're a slut. No, like chill for three seconds and let's take a more humane approach. Look to this. Um, So to answer more directly, I don't see it getting any better just yet until people open their eyes and take a look, but I'm going to answer this in another, uh, I'm going to contradict myself heavily. Um, In short, there's, there's uh, generations of change that happened and you see they, you know, the great generation, the one that they call the great generation from like, I don't know, I think it was like the fifties or something. Mm-hmm. So everything was getting so easy in the economy and in the world. And I promise there's a point to this. It was getting so easy and whatever in the world, the way it has been in the last 10 years with us. So really easy times make really weak people because they have nothing, mm-hmm. they have nothing in life to get through. Right. So mm-hmm. really easy times make really weak people. And in the great generation, that's what happened. So they're partying. Everything was about me. There's abundance of everything. And then the war happened. They had to strap themselves on, grow the fuck up, toughen up and face reality. But once they were done with the war, they were the great generation. That's if you look it up, that's actually how that happened. They smartened up and they, they became really mature and just giving and it's about community and it wasn't self-focused anymore. And then because strong people, right. The, we, the, the easy times made those people weak. And then the, uh, those weak people made hard times, hard times make strong, then made strong people, those strong people called the great generation made easy times, which made the ge- next generation weak. And now we see that happening. The reason I bring this up, I hope that made, did that make sense to you? Oh, perfect. Okay. I wanted to make sure that I'm just, like, I'm like, we're right on that tipping point though. And that's exactly where I was going to bring up. So to contradict myself, I said for the, like the short period, the short next period of time, five, 10 years, I see it being like, it's going to get worse, 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 but there's going to be a tipping point mm-hmm. because we're going to get to the point where all of the weak people right now are going to create hard times, which by the way, we're literally seeing it. Like, right I know that's what I mean. We're in the tipping point right now. Yeah. We're right there. So all the quote unquote weak people, which technically speaking is you and my generation, our generation, maybe not us. Cause we're awesome. Just kidding. <laughs> but we're right there at that tipping point, like you said. So we're making the shit times these times are about to toughen our asses up. So we'll see like the next, maybe not next five or 10, but the next like 15 or 20 years, you're going to see the generation Y, generation, whatever the fuck we're calling our millennials and the generation, whatever the, whatever the one is right behind Z. Thank you. Gen, Gen Z and millennials are going to be the next quote unquote great generation. So in terms of that, I see it like in 15, 20 years as a macro, like looking globally, it's going to turn around. And I think our relationships are going to get stronger, but until then, like the next few years, because technology is still like getting bigger, it's still going to be a bit of a shit show. It's and unless we really have a cultural shift in our mindset, like globally and say, wait a second, I'm a part of this. But again, easy times don't make that. So it's going no, to be absolutely. So how I want you to close this off, because I know that we started with this is I want you to go over those six points again, because I think that that is what is going to help prevent this in, in, in some senses is to be aware that we all have these needs. So be aware that your partner has these needs. Be aware that you have these needs. Assess these fucking needs. Take a couple of seconds to think about it because literally, dude, half the problems in this world would never happen if we just thought ahead a little bit. Just a little bit. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> so I'm not asking the world of, of, of people here, but honestly, he's putting down some really good information. And if you're going to take anything from this, take these six ha- uh, these these six points that he's going to go over and assess them in your own life. Um, and to make sure that, you know, are you feeling fulfilled in those areas? Because just predetermining of where you're at too um, can help prevent things from happening down the line that you don't want to happen. So go into those, please. Yes, absolutely. One of my, it's one of my favorite subjects anyway. So um, before I get into them, anyone who's listening to this right now, a, a really good way to do this is to evaluate from a non-judgmental point of view. I would write down, what are the things that I do that I'm, I'm sorry, we all have things in our life we're not proud of that we do. I don't care who you are. Of like every one of us can think of three things off the top of their head that like, yeah, probably shouldn't fucking do that. So those things and the things that you love that you do in your life. I would write both of those things down that you do regularly, the things you're not proud of and the things you are, just for an example. And when you have those written down, and then I explain these needs, look at how these different things are meeting your needs. And you're going to understand yourself at a level that you're going to be like, 
oh my God, I see it. That's great. I just, to pre-frame, I've helped people get off of addictions and disorders and quote unquote illnesses and abusive, like the craziest things that we've deemed as literally impossible by understanding these needs. So now that I pre-framed that, and we all better have these things written down now, right? Yeah. The, first, the first need is for certainty. So certainty, again, is the ability to avoid pain and ideally have comfort or pleasure, right? That's why we lie. Usually why we lie. We're like, oh, I don't want the pain of them rejecting me or not seeing me in the same way anymore. So I'm going to lie. That's just for comfort, right? So I want to give a couple of real examples of, of real examples of how we can meet these needs too. So for example... A couple good, a couple neutral, a couple negative, and then we'll, we'll explain all the needs that way. So certainty. We can get certainty in positive ways by learning something new. I'm certain that I'm growing. I'm certain that, you know, I feel certain. We can get it by uh, having a certain kind of routine throughout our day. So we're certain we know what's going to happen. It's all good, right? We can be, we can get certainty in a positive way by having a job, like a certain amount of income. So we're predicting that certainty. We have a predictable amount of income coming in. Those are all positive ways, right? We can get certainty in neutral ways, like watching a movie or reading a book or cooking a meal that we know that we like. Those are all neutral. They're not great. They're not bad, but they're just, there's neutral. They're fine. You can also get certainty in negative ways, lying to your spouse. That would be one way because you're trying to avoid pain. Yep. You can get certainty by eating a bunch, like overeating, because all the blood rushes to your stomach and you start to breathe again. And that breathing gives you the certainty. It's like, comfortable right you can get certainty in a negative way by having a cigarette you're all bored or stressed out you go outside and just certainty by the way if you guys don't notice the pattern there it's breathing so just fucking drop the food in the cigarettes and breathe anyway i'm not yelling at anyone but i tell people they're like oh i can't stop smoking i'm like okay consciously just take a big deep in a big deep breath in hold it and let it out slowly. And they're like, I feel really good. I'm like, no shit, but you didn't yeah. take three seconds to figure that out. Anyway, moving on. So po- positive, neutral and negative ways to meet that need for certainty. Let's go to uncertainty or variety, positive ways to meet that take on a new challenge, learn a new skill. Um, you can start a new business. You can have a great conversation with someone, yeah. right? You can watch a great movie. That's a good way to meet it. Whatever. Um, well, it might be a neutral way, but look at neutral ways. Maybe, um, oh, I'm having brain fart with that one. Let's go right to the negative thing. So you have positive ways to meet your need for variety, right? Trying new things, setting new goals, breaking through yeah, problems, sure. whatever. A negative ways that you can meet your need for uncertainty is by, again, having an affair. Your uncertainty, your variety, that adrenaline is going to be through the roof, right? You can do it by having, uh, by doing drugs, you can do it by porn. You can do it by getting into fights. You can do it by joining a gang. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm going extreme here, but I want you to, want to see there's so many ways to do this. We can get our needs met in any way. As long as we link up in our mind that it is making us feel these ways, it's linked up. So that was uncertainty and variety. Then let's go to significance. We'll start with positive. I can be a significant contributor. I could build a business. I could like do what you and I have done, for example, right? This is one of the ways our businesses are one of the ways that we've gotten our need for significance met. We feel significant. We can make an impact. We're really good at what we do, et cetera. That's a great way to be, uh, to have significance is build something. You can also be significant by, um, you know, having a big family and you're proud of your family. You can do it by having a bunch of different degrees and again, learning new skills. By the way, you're going to notice a lot of these have similar patterns because everything that we do often is meeting these needs. So they all have similar examples, but I want us to see that they're all being met. So again, significance in positive ways, you get more degrees, more titles. You can be a great mom. You can be significant in the way that you talk or the tattoos you have, or, if we want to go into the negative ways, you can be significant by having a really significant problem that you can tell everybody about in a moment, but you can't seem to solve it. Totally. Right. That's a a really big problem. You could get significance by tearing other people down. Mm -hmm. You could get significance by, well, you guys kind of get the point there. So it's moving on to love and connection. You can get your, by the way, most people settle for connection they don't really want the love because, well, if I love and I get hurt, that's going to be really painful. But mm-hmm. if I just connect with the person I'm with in a relationship yeah, and hurt. it ends, it didn't hurt that much. Mm-hmm. Right. So people tend to settle for connection, but love and connection, nonetheless, 
Okay. In positive ways, you can get it by, again, meeting new friends. You can get it by serving your clients. You can get it by walking through nature, reading a book, watching a movie. These are all the good ways to do it. Why not? There's nothing wrong with it. You're in most ways you're growing as a person. You're contributing to other people. It's beautiful ways to meet connection that, that need for connection. Excuse me. But there's also negative ways. When you have a massive problem, sure, you're meeting your need for significance, but you also get to really connect with yourself. Yeah. If you get to share your problem with other people, you get to connect with them when you have a big ass problem, mm-hmm. right? So you can meet your need for connection in negative ways just as fast. And honestly, those are the first four needs. And we can write down, if you guys listened to what I asked you to do before, or you're going to go back and, and redo what I said, because now it makes sense to you. Look at two or three things that you're not proud of that you do, whether they're big or small, and look at two or three things that you're really proud of that you do, right? And notice, okay, with each, say, these six things, these four to six things, what needs am I meeting by doing this? And I'll give you a really big fucking secret. The secret to addiction, anytime, any thought, any emotion, any belief, any person, Cheating is in that one. Any person, anytime anything in life meets at least three of these needs, and I'm not done because we still have the last two, but anytime anything meets three of these needs, it becomes an addiction automatically, automatically. And addiction doesn't always mean bad thing. Like if you wake up in the morning and you're just excited to go to the gym and the gym is on your mind, you're addicted to the gym. It's not a bad thing, but it's meeting several of your needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? If you wake up in the morning and you've just started talking to someone new. Let's pretend in setting aside infidelity and cheating for a second. Just you, yeah. you're dating someone and they're so on your mind now that the second you wake up, you're like, did they text me? Yeah. Because they didn't, I want to text them, right? Yeah. That's called an addiction. And by the way, those are very positive things. Those are very healthy things, but you can get addicted to other things too that are not good. Like food addictions, um, addicted to depression and anxiety. Now, if you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, go listen to our other podcast and totally. that one make more sense. But like I said, we get addicted to emotions, people, belief systems, um, mm. situations. We get addicted to all these things. So real quick, the last two needs is growth and contribution. Those are pretty self-explanatory. But again, if we don't feel like in our relationship, for example, we're growing and we're becoming more as a couple, I don't care who you are. If it doesn't feel great and like it's growing, you feel like you're kind of dying inside. You feel the tension immediately the second you're not sure. growing, right? It's not like a plateau. Yeah. Same with your body or with your business or with your finances, all of these areas of life. If you don't feel like you're making progress, even incremental, you feel like you're dying inside there. Like I'm telling you, if you don't go keep making money, your your bank account's being drained. Like you have bills to pay. It's not going to stay the same. Yeah. You have to keep making money, right? If you don't- I think that a lot of people don't realize on the relationship side of things when it comes to growth is like, especially when they get together so young and, you know, they, they don't even know what their real life goals are yet. And then they start getting to know what they like, and then they start going towards their goals. And you see so many people that they can't stay together. And how I kind of like look at it is like, you're walking, holding hands at the same rate when you start dating. Right. And then as the relationship progresses, there's sometimes one person that goes a little bit further ahead in in the way that they want to lead the relationship. And then all of a sudden holding hands becomes really hard. And if that other person doesn't catch up, even just a little bit, the class let's go. Right. Actually, you brought something up that like you're going to control how long this goes, but I do want to make sure I get this in before it ends, whenever it's going to, I think it's really important. I've kind of figured out a formula that actually can tell you ahead of time if the person you're with is going to be good for you long-term or not. And I think this is going to be stupid valuable. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear it. And people listening might think like, how can you friggin' know? Well, you put it in the test. Don't take anything I'm saying sacrosanct, like test this. And I've never met, I've never been in a situation where when these three things were there, it wasn't phenomenal. And when these three things were there, I think I fucked that up. My point is it was sustained either way. Okay. If you look at these three things and you have it, it'll be fucking beautiful. If you look at these three things and one or more is missing, uh, I don't know if that's going to work. Okay. Number one, and this is why the thought triggered, you said about the whole holding hands and you're right on the path. And then you're like, Oh, the class is going to break. Right. The first thing is what are your goals? Yeah. Your goals are so important. And People, some people might be like, well, I don't really have any goals. Okay. Well, if you find someone who doesn't really have many goals either, that sounds bad, but that's a good, you might be perfect. Not you're sure. not, 
you're not doing anything fantastic. You're just chilling, like living your everyday life in the house. That's fine. Like, awesome. You're still a good match. It's not about what the goals are. It's making sure that they're aligned. Yeah. So you got to have aligned goals. Let's say you want kids and I don't. That's never going to fuck Right. If you try to make that work, we're going to resent each other like crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. And if we have kids and I don't want them, fuck you <laughs> for making yeah. me have kids. And right? if you, whatever, it's, it's not going to work. So goals are goals determine direction. That's number mm-hmm. one. Number two, what is their nature? And what I mean by that is Sarah here knows I'm intense. I'm passionate. I'm loud. I want to travel. I want to take over the world, build businesses. I'm eccentric. I'm vibrant. Like I'm just go, 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 energy, energy. Mm-hmm. If I'm with someone whose nature is to be a homebody, they're introverted, they're quiet. I'm going to steamroll them. There's nothing wrong with them, but our natures don't reinforce each other. It's mm-hmm. like giving a business analogy. You're never going to hire someone to be a salesperson if they're introverted and quiet. If they don't love people, if they're not naturally a people person, you're not going to hire them to be in your sales. You might hire them to do your books. They can just stay in their corner and do their thing by themselves. Okay. So your nature is important. That's question two. Question three. Oh, this is perfect timing too, because I just explained those six needs. I love that. I didn't think of that. We have to look at these six needs and say, okay, here's another principle I didn't tell you is that all of us are driven by two needs primarily above the rest. Some people are like absolutely driven by certainty and significance. And these people will have pain in their relationship and in their life, no matter what they do. We'll explain that later, maybe. But if you're driven by certainty and significance, and this other person is driven by love and contribution, it's never going to work. Because one is so control and self-focused, and the other one is so love and giving focused. It's not going to work. But let's say... I'm driven by love and growth. And Sarah here is driven by love and, I don't know, um, uncertainty. That can work fantastic because we're both lover. We're both loving all the time, but um, she wants excitement and I want to grow. Well, that'll work perfectly because I can do exciting things while I grow. She can grow while she's doing the whole variety and exciting things. So we can, that'll work together. Yeah. That makes sense is that there needs to be some sort of common ground within it. There's okay to be differences and differences can balance nicely, um, but not, not to major extremes where there isn't that, that correlation. Right. Exactly. A hundred percent. And I think it's important. Like I I've had three sessions this week, believe it or not with clients who they're such good souls. They're such good people. And they're trying so hard to, excuse me, what I call fitting like a star into like a square. Like Mm -hmm. they're trying to fit something into something that will never work. Mm -hmm. My principle, my core principle in relationship is that you must put your partner's needs ahead of your own. Like we both have to do that for each other and it'll be extraordinary. But sometimes what they need, you can't give them. And so it's actually more selfish to hang on. Putting their needs first, part of me, would look like letting them go so they can find what will fulfill them. And I've had three sessions this week where people are they're trying so hard. And I ask these three questions. Say, okay, let's explore. What are their goals? What are your goals? What's their nature? What's your nature? And what are your two needs? What are their two? And they have this big like epiphany of like, oh my God, fuck, I've been avoiding that. I didn't even see the reason why everything I've been doing hasn't been working isn't because they're not trying it's because you're both likely trying in your own perspective, but you're trying to fit something into a spot. That's not meant to be there. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. And so you got to look at these things and say, is it, is it a me thing that I need to improve? Is it a communication thing or are we just not the right people for each other? So anytime you're starting any of these conversations, I would look at these three questions and be like, okay, before I try to solve any problem, let's just see, are we even aligned and don't bullshit, don't bullshit yourself really ask, okay, we do have similar goals. Um, we do have similar natures that reinforce each other and, oh, we are driven by the same needs emotionally. Okay, great. Let's solve the problem. (laughs) Unbelievable. Honestly, you have provided us with so much value on this podcast. It is incredible. So I just, I genuinely just want to thank you because I think that this is going to give a lot more insight for people who have been there before in the past, for people who are currently in it and for people who might even know, not know that they might be in it in the future. You know what I'm saying? So this is a good podcast and hopefully it's going to prevent it. And hopefully it's going to help people stay together and understand that this happens for a reason and just bring out that clear communication and self-awareness. So um, uh, we want to know though, what, what, what are you coaching these days? Where do we find you? 
<laughs> it's ironic that you asked what I'm coaching these days because I'm doing, I'm starting to do a little less relationship, though I still absolutely will. I have no issue with it, but it's just not my, my primary focus. I'm going more into um, really wanting to show people that things like uh, mood swings of bipolar, like these deep things, anxiety attacks, full-blown people who are actually being put in like institutions and hospitals, like you can get out of it this fast if you understand how. So I'm basically going towards the, the pharmaceutical industry and the therapy industry right on. and showing them what's actually possible. Not from an ego, but from like, if I've helped several of my clients and I'm putting this all over social. So I'll, I'll mention what it is in a moment. You can see, I'm, I'm not kidding. There's so many people who are saying, holy shit, Tyler changed my life in two weeks. I never thought this was possible. And sure, that's beautiful to hear but I'm really doing it to show people what's possible for them. I'm so tired of people being led down the wrong path of like, that's Oh, you're amazing. psychiatrically fucked up. No, you're not. You're trying to meet your needs in ways that aren't working. End yeah, of story. And that's it. That's it. Right, so, uh, well, you know what power to you and cheers to giving power to the people. So where do they find you for that? So if you want to go on my Instagram, it's Tyler.Charlebois. If you uh, go into Sarah's friends, you'll find me there. And uh, on Facebook, it's the same thing. Tyler Charlebois. Again, I think we're friends there. So you can find me in her profile if you need to. Beautiful. That sounds great. And I'll make sure to hook up everything in the show notes as well. And is there anything that you want to leave with the view, leave to the listeners as a piece of advice? Oh, I think, you know, just, just realizing that like, we can't control the events that are happening in our life, but we can always control what those events mean to us. And the meaning you attach is going to be your whole emotional experience. And it doesn't matter if you make a million dollars, have a big mansion, the sexiest husband or wife and beautiful fit. It doesn't matter how great it looks on the outside. If you don't get control of the emotions that you experience on a regular basis, yeah. no amount of anything or achieving will help you. So it's got to start from inside. That's what I want to leave everyone with. Because to me, fulfillment is the real thing. Everyone wants achievement, but we have to be able to. Achievement without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. That's exactly it. Like, who cares about what you've achieved if you ain't happy? Am I right? Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, lots of millionaires, billionaires, actors, entertainers who took their own life. So it's it's not the things. It's no. who did you become as a man or woman at the end of the day? I love that so much. And just truly, thank you so much again, Tyler. We're so excited for all the people that, you got, that you're going to impact along the way, um, because I know that you're really going to, with what you're niching down to right now, I know that this is going to become big for you. So just speaking that over you, my friend. And I just want to thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to go and do that homework. Take those six qualities, assess yourself, assess your relationship, and let us know if you have any questions. So you guys know that you will catch me next fucking Monday. And that's another honest episode dropped. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Naked and Truth, where we come together every Monday morning to set the week off with intention. Don't forget to head over to our Instagram page, at Naked and Truth Podcast to stay up to date on future episodes, guest speakers, and other kick-ass info that can help you continue to create your impact. And you know that reviews are so valuable when it comes to building a community of like-minded people. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, please drop some love on Apple Podcast Reviews and share this episode with someone who you think needs it. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in to today's episode. I'll catch you next Monday, and don't forget, love always wins.